It's time to wake up with a nice cup of morning roast. Featuring the Fillmore's finest, Monte Hill. <laughs> are your number one seed in the NFC. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Joe Spadoni in for Bonte Hill alongside Sam Lubman doing a hell of a job filling in for Joe Shasky. Don't worry. It's all right. I'll be back. I'll be back. You guys are awesome, by the way. I don't think we need the original cast. No, no, we love the original cast. I appreciate the kind words. They'll be back. Joe, you know, his extra day. He's new daddy, all right? Got to take his time there. A lot of diapers to be changed, a lot of, cha- a lot of clothes to be washed, all that sort of stuff. A lot of drilling to be done on those. A lot cribs. of drill. Yeah, that was. I was like, geez. Yeah, quite the odyssey. Well, I don't know what. Drills. I don't know what cribs he's getting where a drill is required because all the ones I got that comes with a little screw that comes in there and all that sort of stuff. That's a conversation a for another wrench, time. Yeah. yeah, a little Allen wrench in there, um, but it was also a very expensive one, so they probably made it really easy. That's the one thing you just didn't want to worry about. Uh, God, got one thing. The money. Yeah, that's my one thing. Uh, how about one million things? That's how much money you end up spending on these kids. But you know what? It's all worth it. So Joe Shasky and Bontale, they'll be back tomorrow. Don't you worry. We do got. Steiny and Goo coming up, though, in a couple hours, though. Can't wait to hear those guys. The full cast of characters over there. Goo's Cowboys getting a massive win over the Detroit Lions. I just saw Dan Campbell. He's got a, he's got a controlled fury, he says. Um, and you know what? It's just funny watching the sports over this weekend, watching the, the football, all that, college football. It's going to be Michigan versus Washington. Cannot wait for that matchup for the championship. Will the Pac-12, the Conference of Champions... Uh, go out as champions, or are we talking about this as a Big Ten kind of a matchup? It's kind of funny there how these two teams will be playing each other next year, Michigan and Washington. But just watching everything going on over the weekend, Sam, I mean, you came in with the highlight, Adam mean there, Fox Sports, Purdy, scrambling, hitting the touchdown to Ayuk. The 49ers have to just feel so good about where they're at. Mentally, you're going to get better physically with rest. I know Christian McCaffrey has the calf strain. Shanahan's not too concerned about it. You got multiple weeks off now to rest and heal. Armstead and his foot. You just got to feel confident and kind of refreshed, maybe not the right word, but just relieved if you're a Niner fan right now. Where things were early on, that three-game losing streak seems like forever ago. The conversation in regard to Trey Lance, Sam Darnold, who's our quarterback going to be, the Jimmy Garoppolo drama, that's all gone behind us. And you got your quarterback, you got your head coach, you got your running back, your tight end, your receivers, your D-end. You got everything right now. And it's all right in front of you. The road to Las Vegas goes through Levi Stadium. It goes through the red and gold. And where else would you want to be? Your former coach used to have a, say, a saying, who's got it better than us right now for the 49ers? Nobody. Not in the NFC, at least. No. Well, even in the AFC, they're the call- AFC. I know, I the, I know the, Ravens the Ravens are balling. they got a tough slate, though. If you want to get to a Super Bowl in the AFC, it is not going to be easy. you got to vanquish Mahomes still. And I know the, the, the things aren't there. you got to vanquish Mahomes and Andy Reid. That's tough. 
Joe Flacco all of a sudden looks like he's 25-year-old Joe Flacco slinging it. Guy's been unbelievable. Comeback player of the year worthy. And he's only been playing off his couch the last few weeks. He's been unbelievable for the Cleveland Browns. And then, yeah, you got the Dolphins there. They were a little reeling, obviously. But the Bills, they're the Bills, hot. So, the Bills look like the AFC's answer to the to the Los Angeles Rams. Right, like, I think that's a good comp That's there. That's the team that, again, they could still win the division this weekend. I Honestly, I don't think the Dolphins are going to win on Sunday. They Again, as I said, I was listening to WQAM, uh, shout out uh, 560 out there in Miami, our uh, Odyssey sister station. They uh, they were not feeling very confident about what's going to be happening on Sunday. 2A in it, man. Two, I, I've been on this. He, he ain't the guy. No, he's not down there. And I think no. they know that down there. And it's just, it's again, I, I lived in Miami for four years, Spadoni. I had a lot of friends who were Dolphins Ooh. fans. And uh, the, the pain that... You know that franchise can inflict on uh, on its fan base is real. Uh, you ask why I hate Nick Saban spending four years with Dolphins fans. That will do it. Oh, okay, uh, you, you hear the story about how Saban absolutely ruined that franchise, picking Dante Culpepper over Drew Brees, saying how you know, oh, I'm not going to go leave for the Alabama job, and then because you know a man's only as good as his word, right? No, he's going to go and leave for the Alabama job, which shows how much Nick Saban's worth there in that sense. Um, but it's tough there, and, and Dolphins fans they know this. They had a chance to get the two seed chance to get their first division title since you know the, the year Tom Brady was injured. And uh, it's it's all going to come crashing down right now because that just does not look like a very confident team right now. 888-957-9570. They're not confident. The 49ers and their fans should be. Are you worried about anything? The rest versus rust factor? Anything like that? Because I'm not. And just what a year. As we do a year in reflection because of 2023, and now we are in a new year, and Happy New Year to all of you beautiful people just getting off work, getting ready for school, getting ready to do what you got to do. We appreciate you choosing the morning roast here at 95.7 The Game. And don't forget, we do have a Warriors game tonight. I know it's all sunshine and rainbows for the 49ers, but for the Golden State Warriors, my God. Another tough loss. The Kyrie Irvingless. Uh, Luka Doncic-led Dallas Mavericks, and Luka putting on a show at Chase Center. Another loss. Question marks galore. When's Draymond coming back? Andrew Wiggins, Clay Thompson, what's going on? Starting lineup shit. There's just so many question marks for the Golden State Warriors as they take on the Orlando Magic. Steve Kerr saying after the game, they're still looking for that grit and toughness <sighs> that other teams That's have. It's like, dude, January. We're, we're flipping the can- calendar to, to the new year, yeah. and you're saying stuff like that. We'll get into this later because. Spinning, I was at that game on Saturday night. That was not a fun time. I was going to go to the game, and it, I was a late scratch, too. I was going to take young Benjamin. Um, might have bought him a Luka Doncic jersey after that performance. I mean, that was incredible. Um, him coming off an injury as well. So, yeah, a lot of questions there. Polar opposites right now when it comes to frame of mind for fandom. Right, you got the Warriors fans over here. What the hell is happening? What aren't you worried about if you're the Warriors right it's now? It's polar opposites. I'm not worried about anything with the Niners. I'm worried about everything with the Golden State Warriors. It's Basically, pretty unbelievable. Outside of Steph, there's literally nothing to feel confident I'm about. I'm even worried a little bit about Steph in some of his performances because he's carrying this team, and you're starting to see it mm-hmm. weigh on him mentally and physically. How many times this year have we seen him? We'll get back to the Niners in a second. How many times have you seen Stephen Curry after a game just sit there with a towel on he his head? exasperated Zoning right out. Like, I, I don't blame him. It's to tough. He's, he's watching his empire crumble before him right now, mm. and there are no easy answers for the Warriors at this point. I mean, you have, I mean, they played 10 guys on Saturday night. Spadoni, Moses Moody never saw the court. And at this point, it's just like, I, I don't understand that logic there. They tried to do a new lineup, they're trying to do new things, and just none of it's working right now. Are we seeing Rome burning for the Golden State Warriors and potentially rising for the 
San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. We shall see. Fall of one empire, the birth of another. Mm-hmm. Soul big, for a soul. Big and E. And yes, we always talk about uh, Rome and the empires uh, for all the female listeners. That's what men do. We talk about Rome. We think about Rome. All the Shout time. Shout out Jim Rome. Clones. Uh, big and E. Big E? Big and E. What, what is that? It just says big it's and a, E? A big, big E in San Antonio. Oh, sorry. It says that, that's, big that's me in... typing really fastly oh. while trying to do a show and answer calls and all I that I thought fun we were going stuff. Inception here, but this is big... E in San Antonio, Texas. And he was at the game. What's going on, Big E? What's going on, fellas? How y'all doing today? Great, man. Happy New Year. Hey, Happy New Year, you guys. Hey, look, I just want to talk just very quickly. Just let you know that the energy and the excitement at FedEx Field was amazing on Sunday. Um, I was able to take me and my dad, uh, my two sons and my nephew there, and there were all Niner fans in the stadiums. The state, the ratio was probably somewhere, I would guess, probably five to one. It was like a home game away from home. It was amazing. That's incredible. Hey, hey Biggie, before you go, and I appreciate you calling in, how confident are you in the squad right now? Is this the year they finally get over the hump, get to Las Vegas to finish this thing? Because it sure feels like the path is set, man. Man, I, I I do believe this is our year. I believe this is our year. Everybody is going to be healthy. I'm so happy that they were able to get the bye. Um, I, I don't see Shanahan, you know, um, you know, taking the last game lightly. I don't see him taking the rest lightly. I think everybody is locked in. Awesome. And Big E in San Antonio, Texas, locked in. Appreciate you calling 888-957-9570. Flying out from Texas to D.C. That's to get right. the Niner game in. It did sound like a home game. I mean, you know it's you know that there was a lot of Niner fans there when Kyle Juszczyk does something and you hear the entire Juszczyk. home crowd go, Juszczyk. Yeah. Yep. You know, the announcer says, oh, they're not booing. They're saying, I never know, though, too, and you can hear it. But because, like, when you play, like, certain, like, the colors obviously aren't the exact same, but when you see it on TV, you know, the burgundy and then the, the red yeah. and so the crimson and stuff like that, it always kind of The stands in. look similar. I think they have red seats they out do. there, too, which adds to it as well. Yeah. But that's how you know the, the, the telltale sign. When Kyle Juszczyk does something and you hear a bunch of, ooh, going throughout the crowd, I always, always like this one here. Ooh. <laughs> one of those you. ones. One of my favorite drops here. I don't know what that reason. is from. What is that? It's that's- from, like, some Steve Kerr press conference years ago. <laughs> I remember because, like, before I worked at the stage, I obviously used to use some, That's a dim special right I there. used to listen to this station a lot uh, before I worked here back you know, in the old morning show and they used to play that drop all the time I thought it was the funniest thing ever so that was that was the one drop I had to say from the old building and, and bring go. over here so shout we'll out the scenes there shout out YouTube and twitch streamers just search us on 957 the game like and subscribe there and it's all brought to you by first NorCal credit Union the smart choice for low auto loan rates and super simple online application process 888-957-9570 the number to call or text we're feeling good right now 49er fans are feeling great and why shouldn't you I mean you just had one of the greatest if not the greatest and if you just go by the passing guards quarterback season in 49ers franchise history you just saw that with Brock Birdie. He just broke the all-time passing yards in a single season in 49ers franchise history. That's incredible. I mean, I mean, if we just take a step back and just and just look at the, the, the totality of everything when it comes to the 49ers, and this is a new year, and this isn't the final step. We're not doing that one. This isn't a season in review. Yeah, the regular season might be over, but they have bigger and brighter things. But I think you can reflect today on just how amazing. Brock Purdy has been for this franchise. Uh, you can't say it enough. 
What this guy went through in the offseason, the turmoil, all that sort of stuff with his injury, would he get back to this moment? He never wavered. The head coach never wavered. The team never wavered. They always bought into it. They did. We had all this conversation, the fans, the media heads, the talking heads, me included, you know. Um, we talked about, you know, Trey Lance, Sam Darnold. Are these going to be the guys? Does Purdy, is it locked in step? You know, he only had a cup of coffee, but they invested all this time and money and energy into Trey Lance, and he just hasn't stayed healthy. And then he bring in Sam Darnold, and he put that to bed so early on in the season with a great performance against the Steelers. Then he built off that. There was a couple of lumps he took. Not a great game against Cleveland. Not a great game against the Ravens. The losses he had against the Bengals, against the Vikings. Bad turnovers. But he never wavered. Mentally, physically, and on the heels of the worst performance he's had at a professional. To have a clean game like he did in Washington. No picks. No fumbles. Didn't take a sack. Two touchdowns, very efficient as he went 22 of 28, 230, 124 passer rating. Like, you got to feel great about where you're at mentally and physically, for that matter, with your quarterback, with your head coach, the synergy they have. I mean, everything's coming up Niners right now. They got to go take it. But right now, you have no place you would rather be than with the number one seed, health, all that. Heading into uh, the playoff run, Sam. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, Brock Purdy, he's completely changed how we look at this organization. I mean, Spinoy, remember at the beginning of the year, we're complaining about how it's year seven of the Kyle Shanahan era and we're still having quarterback conversations. You know, like coming into this year, there was a battle between Trey Lance and Brock Purdy, you know, that we forget. And Sam Darnold, too, if you're of that mindset that he was once upon a time in the Never a, really a battle, though, for the players um, and the coaching staff there. It was always Purdy. Well, it was always going to be in Brock's hindsight, it was always lose. Brock. It was always Brock's lose, but in training camp, Spinoy, that was not the case. I mean, I remember when Bonte Shasky and I, we went to uh, that first training camp practice and... You know, we're having debates on who looks better, Trey Lance or Sam Darnold. We were not talking about Brock Purdy because we were absolutely petrified over what his arm strength's going to look like. This dude was coming back from a torn, like, from Tommy John surgery, basically. And there was no guarantee that his arm was going to be full go when this season started. But now, obviously, we're seeing it locked in. We're seeing how well he's played. We're seeing how he's basically locked himself in as the 49ers franchise quarterback for the next few years. And. It's completely changed how we're looking at this organization. For the last 20 years, really, ever since Jeff Garcia, there has been a massive question mark at what has been, you know, at, at what is probably the premier position in Bay Area sports. I think the number one, like, position in all Bay Area sports is quarterback of the 49ers. Oh, it's not even close. It's the most important position in team sports, and the most important sport in America is football. So, yeah. yes. So, yeah, it's, it's the number one position here in the Bay Area. And for the last 20 years, it has been a hodgepodge of garbage with, you know, spurts of success here. The moment of Alex Smith, the couple years of Colin Kaepernick. We thought that Jimmy Garoppolo was the guy. But the reason, like... It's been so hard to really truly believe in long-term success for the 49ers in terms of being able to carry that success year in and year out. Be good year after year like it used to be from 1982 all the way to the uh, the end of the Jeff Garcia era at, at in 2001-2002 in that era. For 20 years, Spadoni, you could always count on the 49ers, health permitting, to be one of the best teams in the NFL. You just knew it because they had the quarterback situation. Montana, Young, Jeff Garcia, you always knew what that position, who it was going to be, and what that person was going to give you. And 
For 20 years now, we've looked at the Niners as kind of wandering through the proverbial desert, so to speak. They'll have good years here and there. They had that good run under Harbaugh, but none of it ever felt sustainable. Like, that's what it's about, Spadoni. It's it's about looking at the Niners and seeing right now for the foreseeable future, this feels like a chance to have sustainable success in the same way that, you know, the Chiefs have it right now, the same way that the Bengals are set up with Joe Burrow. Um, You know, it's just when you have that quarterback, when you know you have that position settled, it removes so much of the anxiety, so much of the question marks, so much of just the off-season just, you know, hand-wringing over what this team's going to look like. You don't have that anymore. And that is just, it's such a new feeling. It's almost weird, really, because, like, you know, like, I'm not like, like a diehard Niner fan or anything like that, but, like, if you're a diehard Niner fan, I got to wonder, like, is it weird feeling so secure about your team's future? Because you haven't felt that way in 20 years And so you have this level of comfort and security now with this team that it's got to feel weird at this point. Like, what's the catch here? But no, like, it is real in a way that we just haven't seen in so long. It's kind of poetic. I mean, maybe it's not poetic, but it's interesting. You know, 2015, that's when Harbaugh takes over at Michigan. He lives the Niners, obviously. Tom Sula takes over for a year. He gone. Chip Kelly takes over. He gone. Then they finally get Kyle Shanahan. They get to the mountaintop. They fall back down, you know. Jim Harbaugh has been on that doorstep in Michigan for so long. He obviously took the Niners to the Super Bowl when he was the head coach in San Francisco. And now of both of them, I'm looking at Shanahan and Harbaugh, feels like both of their, you know, best or most prime position to, you know, win that championship. Get that one that has been evading them their entire careers, both for Shanahan and Harbaugh. And it could potentially happen in the same year. I don't know. There's I just, actually didn't think about that. There's something poetic about that. That would be right? wild if Harbaugh yeah. and Shanahan... If Harbaugh wins it this year, does that make it even more like, oh, now Kyle has to win it? No, not even... Cl- because it's it, college ball is different. So like that's the thing. And, and for Jim Harbaugh, more so than Shanahan, it's always been the one that... He's just always the bridesmaid, never the bride. He's gotten so close there. He's gotten to the apex. Just can't get over the hump. Just well, Prior to yesterday, he was 0-6 in bowl games. Like, he hadn't won a bowl game with Michigan, which is crazy. Crazy. And now he's on the cusp of doing that. They're four-and-a-half-point favorites, I think. Probably going to get ballooned up to five against Washington. That's going to be a hell of a matchup next uh, Monday. And uh, we'll probably have some reaction to that next Tuesday as well. But, yeah, the year that it could all come together for both Harbaugh and the 49ers with Kyle Shanahan. I don't know. Something cool about that. 888-957-9570. Sneakily, by the way. Jim Harbaugh was 60 years old. Did not know that. 60. I did not. He wow. just turned 60 years old on December 23rd. Looks so, pretty uh, good for 60 years old. He does. Good was, for him. It was Must funny. be khakis. Someone said, because uh, they, they interviewed his dad, obviously, Jack Harbaugh, former uh, assistant with uh, Michigan way back when. And uh, someone just said, I refuse to believe that Jack Harbaugh isn't just Jim Harbaugh dressed up as an old man. Just the, the, the uncanny characteristics. It's funny. And now we got. I mean, I'm still trying to digest how much John Harbaugh looks like Brock Purdy in 20 years. So, and he said that to him after the game. Yeah, as we look like. Yeah, it's. I love that they're rolling with it. So, um, so before we hit the break here, we got a couple minutes. Um, Adam Amin, by the way, 10 minutes. That's right. Uh, Adam Amin coming up soon. Uh, Very excited to hear from him. He was obviously on the call for uh, Fox on uh, on Sunday for that game. So very excited to hear what his thoughts are on terms of uh, Brock Purdy, but. We were talking about some of the playoff clinching scenarios that we could see uh, this weekend. You got them? 
Yeah, I got them right here. Chaos, potentially. There is, there is a lot that needs to happen for some of these teams. Uh, I want to start with the Steelers, because it's always the, the, the ones at the bottom have the more wilder scenarios right now. Uh, the Steelers right now, they have a, as I look for them here on this odds things, they have roughly a 26% chance of cracking into the playoff field. It's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad at all. It's been, you know, tw- one in four chance. What they need to have happen is, obviously they need to win. And a Buffalo loss. Or they need to win and have the Jaguars get a win or tie. Or they win and Houston and Indy ends in a tie. I mean, what are the odds of that happening? Well, Remember what happened a couple years ago? I was going to say Raiders Chargers. It went down to the wire. Almost Daniel had the Carlson most ridiculous uh, ending to an you NFL season one, ever with that you had one. the one Steeler fan because all that needed to happen was either the Chargers or Raiders needed to win that game and the Steelers get through. But if the Chargers and Raiders tied a few years ago, that means both of them are through and the Steelers are knocked out. They had the one Steeler fan zoomed in on them at Allegiant Stadium when Daniel Carlson was ready to kick and they ended up making it and they ended Just up winning. absolutely yeah. miserable. Just unbelievable. But it could <laughs> happen. It could happen. It could absolutely happen. Uh, so they knew that. Or Pittsburgh could tie. The Jaguars need to lose. And then Houston and Indy doesn't end in a tie. Or there's five scenarios here for the Steelers. A Jacksonville loss, a Denver win. Uh, Denver is playing Raiders the Raiders this weekend. Yeah. Ooh, that might not happen. Uh, Jared Stidham revenge game. Oh God! And they need to lose that game for draft purposes. But and they need Houston and Indy to not end in a tie. So basically, Pittsburgh again. They do at least have their destiny in their hand. They just need to win. But they also need some other things to happen there as well. Uh, the Jaguars obviously they're playing the Titans. I don't know about that one. Uh, I think it would be funny if, if the Steelers win. Sorry, so a couple years ago, the Steelers fans just need, don't end in a tie. Just don't end in a tie. Now they're in a situation this year. It's like, you know what? We need you guys to end in a tie with that Houston Indy game. <laughs> it's unbelievable. No, and I love this time of year. And this is the best if you're a 49ers fan right now. Everything's locked up. Just no injuries, no major things happening this week. That's all. You just got to cross your fingers. Nothing crazy happening. That's why I'm saying with Brock Purdy, just don't even play him. If you want to play him for a series, whatever, it's why I even take the risk at this point. Sees a Sam Darnold game written all over it. Trent Williams, take him out. All your big boys don't need to play. Throw to Ross Dwelly 50 times for all I care. Ray Ray McLeod, if he comes back, Ronnie. No one needs to be playing of importance in this game. I can't risk the injury from Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, mm-hmm. and the 49ers. 888-957-9570. That's the number to call or text. And by the way, don't miss the kickoff show this Sunday. It might not mean a lot for the 49ers, but it could mean a whole hell of a lot for the Los Angeles Rams. So don't miss the kickoff show this Sunday with Larry Kruger and Lorenzo Neal live two hours before the start of the game. Join us at the Hilton Santa Clara for delicious food, great drinks, and the best pregame show in the Bay Area presented by Habis Law. You've been wronged? Habis Law will fight to make it right. Call 1-800-INJURED or visit HabisLaw.com. Dot com. We got Adam Amin here coming up in about six minutes. Fox Sports, NBC Sports Chicago does the play-by-play television side for them with the Chicago Bulls. Excuse me. And I'm interested. Just we'll have a quick Warriors conversation there with him. Zach Levine, what's it going to take to get him out of there? Because I see a lot of Warriors fans love their trying to. We got the trade deadline coming up here in a month. A lot of Warriors fans hitting that trade machine, Sam. Oh, they got to do something. Zach Levine, Alex Caruso, they got to get something. Yeah, Pascal so we'll Siakam. Pascal know. Siakam. So we already had OG Ananobi get mm-hmm. traded uh, since we've been on the air. He's a New York Nick now for Emmanuel Quickly. Uh, RJ Barrett going over there. They didn't get to play in that loss 
that the Toronto Raptors had to the Detroit oh, we Pistons. We got to talk about that at some massive, point. Massive, massive. Did you win. catch the end of that game at all? No, I did not. Oh my watch god! That game. I swear to God. So I, I was I was watching at the at the Warrior game. I was say, where are you watching that? You don't have that. You don't well, yeah, no, I was, at the, I was at the Warrior game watching. I was down in the media dining room, and and all of us are sitting there watching this game. The game, the Warriors are about to start. No one's leaving because we all want to see how this game ends. Swear to God, the last minute of that game, it was like it was Game 7 of the NBA Finals. It took 15 minutes, it, it felt like, for that last minute to be played because Raptors, obviously, they're fouling every chance they can get. And the Pistons are just giving the Raptors opportunities to still try and pull out a win in that game. The Raptors had absolutely zero desire to take that L. And the Pistons were more than happy to give them a chance to avoid that loss. They did pull it out, though. 129-127 uh, was the final, but that was just riveting garbage basketball there to watch at the end. It was just, you couldn't pull away from it because you just, there was still a belief that the Pistons could somehow find a way to goof that one up and keep the losing streak going. That said, they you know they got the win, so they have plenty of time to uh, start a new losing streak. I was going to uh, say, come to Chase Center. I, on I feel great if I'm the Warriors because I did not want that that streak to stop with the Golden State Warriors because they're playing the Pistons. I believe this coming Friday. It doesn't so. matter if they're on a streak or not, though. The Pistons win that game. It's it's nuclear meltdown. Um, mode for but the I could deal. They lost to the Pistons last year, who stunk just as much. Not maybe not this levels, but Sadiq Bay hit a game. He got swept against the Pistons last year. So, so you actually, you know what? This is not a rollover game. No, they're coming is, in hot against you guys. It's gonna be all hands on deck for that one. Keep on coming Friday in, night. by the way. It's, it's gonna be ball. on the back back half of a back to back too. The Warriors host the Nuggets on Thursday. Oh no! So it's just. Oh no! Or as as some might say, oh baby, oh baby is right. Spadonian for Bonta Hill. That's Sam Lemon and for Joe Shasky. This is the morning roast eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. And on the other side, Adam Amin to talk some 49ers football, maybe some Golden State Warriors on ninety five seven the game. Back to the Morning Roast with Bonte and Shasky. Spadoni and Lubman in for Bonte and Shasky. We'll be back tomorrow. Don't you worry. This is the Morning Roast. Good morning and Happy New Year to all of you lovely people. Just getting up work. If you're on your commute, appreciate you guys choosing us here. 888-957-9570. That's the number to call or text to weigh in on the conversation. We're talking a lot of Niners. Obviously, clinching the number one overall seed in the NFC. Massive, massive. Not only, you know, just to get right, get rested, get mental. But you know what? Just looking at the overarching, you know, landscape here in the NFC, having home field throughout, it feels... It feels like a lock. I'm not saying it's a lock. It feels like a lock. I mean, I'm trying to find any holes in the 49ers right now. And outside of uh, Laurie and Phoenix saying the uh, punt return and kick return situation, outside of that, feeling pretty damn good. And if I'm looking all the way to special teams and fumbling snaps, I think I'm feeling pretty damn good about my chances everywhere else, offensively, defensively, the trenches, the secondary, what have you. Ambry Thomas, obviously, breaking his hand. He'll wear a club. Not uh, too much concern there for Kyle Shanahan. And uh, CMC, the calf strain, good news there. Not grade three, grade two. Probably a grade one 
Um, and he gets a couple weeks to heal up on that. And you heard Adam Amin there on the call for Fox Sports. And we'll have him on here in just a second. Obviously called the game with Mark Schlereth as the Niners took out the Washington Commanders 27-10. to Also does the television play-by-play for the Chicago Bulls. Maybe we'll squeeze in a Warriors question there because I know a lot of Niner fans and Warrior fans are interested in what the Warriors might do in the trade deadline. Zach Levine, obviously a big trade target for many a team, so maybe we'll get into that. But glad to have Adam on with us now. Joe Spadotti saying love and uh, Happy New Year to, uh, to you, Adam. What's going on, man? Everything's good, guys. Really appreciate you guys having me on. Happy New Year to you as well. Absolutely. And uh, you were on the call, obviously, with Fox Sports alongside Mark Schlereth. And uh, big bounce back for the 49ers, obviously. Get their asses kicked on Christmas night against the Baltimore Ravens. Brock Purdy has his worst outing as a professional. How big was it? I know it's against the Commanders, but how big was it for him and his psyche and the teams that he had a clean performance in a win over the Commanders? What's the, I mean, and you guys would know better than I I would, but, it, you know, there's a small enough sample size where a lot of us have kind of seen most of Brock Purdy's career at this point, right? There hasn't been a ton of, I, I hate using this word sometimes because I think it's a buzzword in sports, but sports adversity, right? There, mm. there hasn't been a lot of sports adversity for Brock just yet. The elbow injury, obviously, in the NFC title game, but it's not, you know, the loss, nobody really puts on him. They kind of put on the circumstances. So that loss against Baltimore was the first time I think a lot of people looked at Brock Purdy, even though they had that three-game losing streak earlier in the season. I think it was the first time that a lot of people were looking at him going, well, what's that all about? You know, three, inter- three interceptions, four interceptions. How, you know, how can you trust this guy if he can't play on a Christmas night uh, you know, in front of a huge audience? And that's obviously you know, how we have a tendency to overblow you know, these nationally televised games. I think just the fact that he had a bad game, they reset, Kyle Shanahan was adamant that he's going to be fine, and he proved it. And I think that's all teams like the Niners who are just so talented that for the most part, based on talent alone, they're not going to run into a lot of sports adversity over the course of the season. I think even little things like this, you know, I'm sure a lot of organizations would love the type of sports adversity that the Niners deal with. Oh, they they only scored 20 points a game for a few games and you know oh they lost one game to arguably the best team in the NFL right now and they're you know they're the number one seed it's not a lot of you know sports adversity a, a lot of organizations would love to be in their position but you need relative benchmarks of adversity oh no i think we lost him he dropped there it's all right it happens we'll get adam back there 888-957-9570 he was on a roll there though and the adversity factor when it comes to, you know, Brock Purdy and overcoming it, and to Adam's point, he hasn't really had to overcome much. And you know what? That's fine. If, if, if you're blowing out all the other teams and you have these big leads and you hang on to them, I'm cool with that as a fan. But I understand that on national TV, a lot of the United States, I mean, we saw the ratings. They dominated, whether it was the morning, afternoon, and the night game. NFL absolutely taking the lunch of the NBA as far as ratings go. But that's neither here nor there. That's just another day for the NFL and their dominance over sports rankings. Uh, we got Adam back? All right, we got him back. Sorry, Adam, you got cut off there for a sec. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. We're, I'm, I'm up in the sky in Philadelphia right now. Oh, we're you're at, good. Uh, we're at the team hotel getting ready to go for a game today. But, uh, no, we were just talking about a lot of organizations would love to be in the position that the Niners are in, right? So you need, when you're that good of a team, you need relative benchmarks of adversity. Say, hey, remember, guys, we went through this before. We went through this losing streak. We had that bad game, and look how we were able to, you know, rally together. You need 
points for that. Like, you look at the Detroit Lions, they have all these different points, and the, and the game against Dallas on Saturday night is just another benchmark for Dan Campbell to be able to say, guys, we've been through this before, it's okay. So that when you're sitting in the fourth quarter of a game and you're in a huddle during a timeout with nine minutes left and you're down 13 points, you go, guys, we've been here before. Remember that game we played in week 11. Remember that horrible call that went against you. Remember the stuff that you guys have already dealt with. Like coaches are always, and players for that matter too, are always looking for, you know, points of emphasis and relative benchmarks that you can look back on during the course of a long season and say, we've been through this before. And that's the mental aspect of the coaching. We hear that from Kyle Shannon. I've heard that from Dan Campbell. I've heard that from Matt Eberflus in Chicago. I've heard that from coaches in every sport that I've covered. You need those benchmarks, and that's what the Niners got. So what a bounce-back performance. That's why that game was important, even though it's against the lowly commander's defense that didn't generate a whole lot of resistance. You need games like that. You need proof of the bounce-back ability, and that's what we talked a lot about at the end of the game on Sunday. Adam, you mentioned a lot during the game that you know, Brock, he was making throws. These are not game man, you know, game manager throws. And I remember you said that a few times. Mm-hmm. When it comes to this game manager narrative that's surrounding Brock Purdy, what do you make of it? Like, why does it still seem to persist, even though, again, you mentioned several times that's not a game manager moment? Why does that narrative still persist on him? And what does this guy have to do to shed that that label on him? I'm not sure what he needs to do to shed it, other than just keep making explosive plays. Like, and, and it's more a problem of the narrative itself. It's not an issue of Brock Purdy. It's a problem of the narrative itself. I think it's lazy writing, if you want to call stick with the narrative theme here. I, I, don't, like, I don't like how binary we've, we've turned that phrase, right? Like, it, suddenly game manager means one thing. Either you're a game manager or you're a dynamic quarterback. And it's like, no, there's a lot, a lot of gray area between those two poles, right? Like, if, if game manager... If all he does is throw checkdowns and not turn the ball over and they score points, hey, first off, what's wrong with that, right? What's wrong with being a game manager? The first thing you need to be able to do as a successful quarterback in the NFL is to be able to manage a game. I don't think we've properly used that phrase or that phrase has turned into something else that it's not or that it shouldn't be. Uh, we've created this binary about it where it's just like, all right, either you're, you're this guy or you're that guy. And it's like, no, you, to be a great quarterback, you need to be both. You need to have elements of game managing, which is probably the most important part. And then you need the ability to make dynamic plays. And in a, in a year and in a league right now where quarterback play is not particularly great across the board, like really good quarterback play is at a premium right now. I feel like Brock Purdy is about as good as you're going to get right now. I, I look at Jared Goff. I, I look at Dak Prescott, who's had that label thrown on him at times. You know, regardless of what guys like Tom Brady might say or Cam Newton might say or whatever some of the you know, recently retired guys are, are saying about what they see in, in the NFL right now, being a game manager is a great is, – is, I don't know if it's a great or good thing, whatever. It's an important thing. So for Brock, he should continue to be a great game manager. He should continue to understand time, score, scenario. You should continue to understand down, distance. Under, being a game manager means you're aware of all of the elements of your game plan. And so I, I don't understand why all of a sudden it's a bad thing or why it's always been considered a bad thing. And I don't like how binary we've made that because that gray area is what makes quarterbacks really, really good. Are you capable of being dynamic? We saw some of the throws that Brock made pretty good. 
That, that, that throw to Ayuk is one of the best throws I've seen this season in the NFL. So I feel like he has the dynamic playability. Obviously, part of that is you have guys who can make dynamic plays, and he does. He's got Debo Samuel. He's got Ayuk. He's got Kittle. He's got McCaffrey. You know, Elijah Mitchell had a great game with some nice runs. Like, he has all the tools the same way that, like, a Tua Tunga Vailola in, in, uh, in Miami has all the tools. He's got a good offensive line. He's got explosive receivers on the outside. He's got a really productive running back, like you guys know, in Raheem Mostert. So those are good things to have, and I don't understand what, you know, what he's got to do to shed the narrative. I don't think that's the issue. I think the narrative itself is more of the issue than anything else because Brock is playing at a great level in, and combining both of those elements, the dynamic ability and the ability to make sure your understanding of time, score, down, distance, scenario, personnel, all that stuff. Adam Amin joining us here on the Morning Rose, Spadonian Lumman in for Bonte Hill and Joe Shasky. He's on the call for the Fox Sports as the Niners took out the Washington Commanders 27-10. to And, you know, Kyle Shanahan, much has been made about him and, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo getting to the mountaintop, getting oh so close, couldn't get the job done, and obviously Kansas City winning that Super Bowl, getting to an NFC Championship, and then Sean McVay took it away from him. Adam, it does start to feel, as you look at a macro view and you just listen to the quarterbacks there, that Brock Purdy would potentially have to face. Whether it's Dak, whether it's Jared Goff, I'm looking at the quarterback and the head coach combination. And, you know, outside of maybe Stafford and McVay who have won the ring and they're hot right now, so maybe that's the team no one wants to face. I'm looking at this NFC, and it's the Niners, and maybe no one isn't even close to this team right now. The way they're playing, the way the Eagles are in shambles right now, they just took a huge mm-hmm. loss to Jonathan Gannon. I mean, is anyone on this team's level in the NFC? I don't think in the NFC. That doesn't mean they can't lose. Like that's the that's the one thing that's we, you got to make sure. And, and, and I know you know that, but like I think we get we have a tendency sometimes to be like, well, this is clearly the best team in the NFC, and then they don't win, and you're like, well, well, I guess they weren't the best team. That's not necessarily true. The best team is is judged over 17 games, over 18 weeks, and then anything can happen in the playoffs, and that's why we love it so much because it's a one and done, and you know whatever what, you know whatever bounces go your way or don't go your way are so determinant of it. And it's fun for us. It's fun for us as fans. It's fun for broadcasters. We get to enjoy kind of watching all this play out. But the best team in the NFC is the Niners. It's the most talented team. And I think, for me, the word best usually means consistent. Like, who's the most consistent team relative to their talent level? And I think the – like, like, I've seen a lot of the Atlanta Falcons this year, right? And I know it's not a great example for a team that's, that's a fringe playoff team, but – they have a really talented roster. Like, it's, it's really good. Dejon Robinson's good. Tyler Algier's really good. Drake London is really good. Kyle Pitts is really good. They have two of the best offensive linemen in the game, I would say, and Chris Lindstrom and uh, Jake Matthews. Uh, their defense got better. Their, their defense has been one of the best-ranked defenses in the NFL this year. They've done a really good job. And the quarterback is the issue, right? So Arthur Smith gets criticized for some of the – way or so you know some of the ways that his games have played out relative to his talent level so we don't really look at the falcons as a threat because their quarterback plays too bad and arthur smith gets a lot of criticism for him probably rightfully so he's and he's a big boy i I don't think he would scoff at me saying that kyle shanahan the niners steve wilkes they have a high talent level so what is the expectation you have you better be the best team in the league and for me best means consistent and they're the most consistent team. They make the fewest mistakes. The, the, when they do make mistakes, it's surprising. 
you know, that's why that Monday night game was so shocking because we're not used to seeing Brock Purdy make the type of mistakes that he was making. And again, some of those are just bad bounces. You know, the tip, the two tip balls in the air, you know, some of the you know, one bad route, all, and all of a sudden he's got three quick turnovers. And the Baltimore's credit, they took advantage of him. Fred Warner told us on Saturday when before the the Commanders game, like if we take the ball away two times, I think we win that game. You know, we help negate some of the issues that the that the offense had because they bailed us out by being so good. They're the most consistent team. They're arguably the most talented team. So, yes, to me, they're the best team. And everywhere else you look, there's flaws. I think Dallas has been the next most consistent team. Philadelphia has really struggled in that department on both sides of the football. Minnesota, who knows what they're going to look like. The Saints, the Bucks. you never know what you're going to get from, from, their, from a consistency standpoint there. I think the Lions are, are fairly consistent, but you see some of the, the – you know, some of the issues that they have, whether it's giving up some big plays, it, whether it's play calling, whether it's aggressiveness, whatever problems that they might run into, everybody's got an issue. And to me, the Niners have the fewest amount of flaws and they show up the fewest amount of times. Uh, yeah, speaking of, you know, issues and flaws there, I mean, obviously, I, I absolutely agree with you, Adam. They definitely have the fewest amount of problems. But as we get into the playoffs here, what if there's anything that could slip the slip up, cause Niners to slip up in the playoffs? What is the one thing or the one or two things that should maybe concern 49ers fans uh, as these playoffs start up that could be the reason why the Niners don't make it all the way? Hmm. You know, I think some of the injuries on the back end on defense are are a little concerning. Um, obviously, the loss of Hufanga was brutal. Brutal. You know, they didn't really missed Jair Brown the other day, but, you know, I, he's got to be healthy. You know, he's played really well since uh, Hufanga got hurt. I have some questions about the corners, like Ambry Thomas is still a young corner, you know, third year. He's dealt with some injury this year, but more importantly, he's a young corner. They've had injuries at their nickel. Like, is Isaiah Oliver going to be consistent? Is Diamador Lenore going to be consistent? Some of the plays that they've given up, I think, have been an issue at times. Their pass defense is probably their weak link on the defensive side. Obviously, the run defense is excellent. Their linebackers are outstanding. I think Warner and Greenlaw are probably one of the best linebacker duos in the NFL just based on how quickly they get to the ball, how quickly they sniff certain things out. Uh, I love their front when they're healthy. Obviously, you know, if Armstead comes back, you know, for the playoffs and, and is healthy and ready to go, that will be a huge boon to them. We know about Bosa and Young and, and the edge guys. I think the pass defense might be the one concern. And big plays are what, deter- what, what oftentimes end up determining playoff games, right? Because, again, it's a one-shot game. So if you have, like, your best game of the year in terms of explosives and your defense takes the ball away, you know, one extra time and takes the possession away, now you're, you're putting a team, you know, putting an opponent into a really bad spot. So that's my one concern. But like I said, it's, it's, it's a very, you know, low-flaw, low-problem team. And we still don't see a ton of issues, plus the amount of takeaways that the Niners have had this year that kind of negates some of the issues that we've seen in the past season. And so that, that's where my eyes go. Well, and by the way, we have them on Sunday, so we'll probably discuss you know, a lot of this during the Rams game as well. Uh, there's not a whole lot of issues. That's one of the few things I look at and go, all right, maybe that's the problem come playoff time. 
Adam Amin joining us here on The Morning Roast. Joe Spadoni and Sam Lubbin in for Bonte Hill and Joe Shaskin. We appreciate the time, Adam, as you're traveling, obviously. You are also the television play-by-play voice for the Chicago Bulls. And real quick, I want to get you out here on this one. Um, Zach Levine. Alex Caruso, these are names that a lot of Warriors fans have uh, you know, been doing the trade machine. Obviously, things aren't going well here in Golden State. Draymond Green, the indefinite suspension, what's going on with Andrew Wiggins, Clay Thompson. There's a lot of mess going on here. So a lot of fans are like, oh, what's going on with Zach Levine over there? He seems to be the eye of the NBA uh, trade world, if you will. Can you give us an update on uh, Zach Levine? And uh, you know, is he potentially playing his last month here in uh, Chicago? You know, I think if you asked me this two and a half, three, four, you know, maybe three weeks ago, I would have said, yes, I thought he was on his way out for sure. And again, I'm not basing this off of any discussion. This isn't like surprising inside info. This is just my gut feel reading the feelings, right? I feel like there was, you know, I would have said yes, two and a half weeks ago or something like that. Now I don't, I don't feel that. I mean, I don't have to make a, make a big move here, right? Because he's under contract. Already, you know, he's he's slated to be here for another few seasons on that max deal. So it's not like you have to get rid of him. Like you look at Demar Derozan, he's on an expiring contract. So the idea of either signing him long term to an extension when he's you know getting into you know year fourteen, fifteen now in the NBA is something you might you know pause at. Levine, you don't have to make a move if you don't want to. He's just gotten back underway with some cutting, uh, running around. He's 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 gotten back into the workout as he's dealing with this right foot inflammation right now. The optics for the trade market for him aren't great, although the OG on an OB trade does shift things a little bit because I feel like he's moved a little bit further up on a, on a desire list for some organizations around the NBA. He's still one of the most dynamic scorers in the NBA when he's healthy. I, I, there's not a lot of guys who can do the things he does to get looks. Um, but I also feel like, you know, there's, there, there are some deficiencies like there are with a lot of players. Like he's still, you know, trying to figure out the feel. He's still trying to figure out when to attack, when to be more conservative, and that's something that, you know, when you're the lead guy and the pressure is on you, you you don't really get a lot of chances to experiment unless it's in-game. So there's still, I think, a lot of learning for Zach to do, and he's on his way to doing that, or he was on his way to doing that, but, you know, the injury has obviously slowed him down. So I imagine there's going to be a lot of organizations looking at him. Caruso's he's as desirable as any player in the league to me. I think he's been one of the two MVPs for the Bulls this year. His defense is, you know, he was first team all defense last year. He's a high caliber player. He's on a very friendly contract right now. Uh, so the Bulls may not want to give him up unless they're going to get a haul back for him. I think that's kind of where both of those guys are at. Hey, Adam, appreciate the time, man. Uh, good luck on your call tonight against the Sixers. And uh, again, appreciate the time and happy new year. Appreciate you guys. Thanks so much. Thank you. That is Adam Amin, who was on the call for Fox Sports as the Niners took out the Washington Commanders 27-10 there and had to sneak in a little NBA question, obviously. Does the play-by-play voice on the television side for NBC Sports Chicago? Levine, Caruso. Yeah, Caruso's the guy. Caruso's the guy for me. He's probably going to get traded. But I don't know if I'm giving up a haul for Alex Caruso. As much as I love him, and you guys know me, I love me some Alex Caruso. Don't think I'm giving up a haul for him. And Zach Levine maybe doesn't get traded. Maybe they hang on to him going forward. But the Bulls at 15-19, I do think they're in the thick of it. The East is not very good. So it's not like the West where it's, you know, 17-17 and and you're the 10 seed right now with the Lakers. So a lot to be done there with the uh, Warriors on the trade front potentially. That's another month away. But I had to sneak in that question there. But to Adam's overarching point, Sam, it was interesting that he started off with, you know, people wanted to see 
you know, Brock Purdy, he didn't really say wanted to see him fail, but they wanted to see him get up against some adversity. Yeah, right? face adversity, that's, face struggle, have a bad day. That's what it was day. for a lot of people. And it was the for, on the forefront of America. It was Christmas night. We weren't doing anything. We were watching sports. We were eating our, eating our food, our ham, turkey, whatever the hell you're having on Christmas, your candy, what have you, your cookies. And you're watching Brock Purdy struggle and Lamar Jackson surge. And that's what the lasting image for a lot of people. So I don't know if this performance against Washington, you know, swayed the outside. But if you're a Niner fan... You know what you've seen from Brock. That was a one-off, more often than not. Because that's what that the, the game against the Ravens, that was a one-off. We haven't seen that consistently from Brock. What we've seen consistently is what we saw against the Washington Commanders. No turnovers, smart, decisive, extends plays, gets the big touchdown to Ayuk, and gets the dub. That's what we've seen, and that's what gives me confidence in Brock Purdy and Kyle Shanahan going into the playoffs. Yeah. There was one thing that, that Adam said there. Uh, he kind of talked about, again, when, when dealing with the adversity, he pointed to all the other teams around the NFC. The Lions, they've had their adversity. You know, Dan Campbell saying, you know, you guys got screwed on that. He didn't bring up the Rams. I wanted to bring that's up true. the Rams. Yeah. But he mentioned, you know, like, you, like the Lions, you, you guys got screwed by that call, so now you know you can handle that stuff like that. The Cowboys have faced adversity. The Eagles have faced adversity. The Niners have faced, obviously, a little bit of adversity in the middle of the year, but but it's almost kind of like he, he was making it out as that like the Niners really haven't faced a ton of adversity this year, uh, relatively speaking. Do, do you think that's a situation that when the playoffs start up and, and things get complicated and things get difficult, because obviously the playoffs could be a total crapshoot if you're not careful. Does the lack of adversity, is that is that like a negative effect on the Niners? Because I mean, they've had adversity, though. They, they had a three-game losing streak. I mean, they just got humbled against the Ravens. They true, bounced back true. from out. They've had adversity. It just hasn't been against NFC caliber like opponents. Like, no, the, only, the Vikings won? Like, okay, but that was when Kirk Cousins was good. So maybe if you're Kirk facing, Cousins had an amazing game. Was, and also, well, Niners didn't have Debo that night. He was like an MVP candidate for that first half, the, the numbers-wise. Um, and then he gets, obviously, the 20 ACL, and it sucked for Kirk. But, like... It's because they dominated the rest of the NFC, where it's just like, eh. Like they dominated the Eagles. They dominated the Cowboys. They didn't play the Lions. Um, they, they didn't say dominated the Rams, but they handled the Rams early on in the season. That was they did. I mean, you talk about consistency. They have consistently beaten the Rams in the regular season. And it's the and the AFC is one of the, the, the contenders there. It was really outside of the Steelers. You struggled against one division, that being the AFC North, which is an absolute, like a totally understandable division. To yes, struggle the, even the Bengals are a hard out with Jake Browning as the quarterback because their defense is loaded. You saw that with the Chiefs, and they still got a ton of off weapons on that. Yeah, offense. Jamar Chase, T. T Higgins, what have you? Joe yeah. Mixon, yeah, Joe I mean, Mixon. Jake, Bra- Jake Browning did not play that bad at quarterback in no, relief of Joe Burrow. No, no. So, so you look at that. It's like they struggled against one division basically, and outside of that, they dominated everything else. And in your own conference, that's all you can look out prior to. The, so we'll, we'll wait until the Super Bowl. That's a nice problems to have you get there first but to adam's point you can stub your toe against anyone i just don't it just goes back to consistency and that was he was he was hammering this team is so consistent and outside of the rust factor which i don't think there'll be a lot outside of maybe the first quarter whoever they play against i I just don't see this team outside of beating themselves losing to anyone in the nfc i just don't i mean maybe it's the team that's red hot in the rams but well, I think you said it best right there. It's it, you know, no teams beating them except themselves. Like you look at yeah. who's the Niners' biggest threat in the playoffs. It is probably going to be the Niners. Again, you're hopefully going to have everybody health, healthy for those games, so you'll be good to go there. But it's a matter of like someone in someone's going to make a mistake on the Niners. You know whether it's going to be you know Diamond Lenore blowing a coverage. He had you know he's he's good for at least you know one of those a game. He got burned by Terry McLaurin for a, a forty yard uh, pa- a gain. 
um, a connection with Sam Scary Howell Terry. There. Scary Terry, yeah. He burned Lenore there, but of course Lenore, he redeemed himself later on by getting another interception. Uh, Ambry Thomas, again, he, he you know, Adam Mean brought him up. He's another one. He's good for at least one or two, you know, plays a game where he's going to get absolutely torched. But Thomas, he usually comes back. He'll make a play that kind of redeems himself. So someone's going to make a mistake for the 49ers. It's just a matter of who is going to pick them up when that mistake happens. Uh, like, like Fred Warner said, you know, the, the defense, it was on them to kind of pick the offense up because the offense has been picking up the defense so much this year. So when the playoffs roll around, you know, if Brock Purdy does throw that, you know, untimely interception, you're looking at, all right, defense, go out there and get that ball back. And for the most part, the defense has done that this year. Uh, the defense lets up a score. All right, offense, we need you guys to do some work. Let's put together a nice long drive and get into the end zone. For the most part, the Niners offense has done that this year. Um, and so I feel like I feel like when I asked him, you know, like what what do you feel like is the issue that could slip the Niners up this re- this year? He really had to dig deep in terms of finding something that could legitimately, you know, cause struggle. Uh, the pass defense, I do think there is there's some legitimate concerns there if if things go sideways. Again, the absence of Eric Armstead has absolutely been felt. Uh, when Bosa and Chase Young aren't getting to the quarterback. Uh, you can pick that secondary apart, but how many times, Spadoni, does it seem like quarterbacks are just sitting back in the pocket with nowhere to throw the ball, and eventually mm-hmm. it's got to go and throw it away? So it's just you're you're trying so hard to find issues for the Niners, even the issues that are present. Like you're not feeling like all that nervous about them. No, and you mentioned Fred Warner. He he is talking after the game on you know the defense, the team still continuing to get better even after the end of the regular season is approaching. We still got to continue to get better. It's not about just completely removing ourselves and, oh, we're going to just rest everybody. I mean, Kyle, he, he's obviously in charge of all of that, and I don't know what, what his plan is with everything, but the message from him was we're, we're going to continue to get better. You know, we got we to make sure we're our best when our best is needed for when our moment comes. You know, he calls him Kyle there. Do they all call him Kyle or is it Coach Shanahan? I'm kind of noticing that. A lot of people just call him Kyle. Now I'm kind of curious, yeah, who calls him what? Who calls him Coach? Who calls? you think anyone calls him Shanny? I think you have to be an all-pro to go first name. You have to win at least an all-pro, and then you can be on a first-name basis with him. I mean, we call our boss Coach more than they probably call their Coach Coach. It's probably a fact. Coach Nahigian right here, and he's he's fired up. His Michigan Wolverines man going to the title game. He was, he was so sweating J.J. McCarthy in that first half. I was like, Chill, Coach. Jalen Milrow doesn't have a pocket. To, 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 he's texting to us last night. Yeah, I'm not gonna be able to be in because I'm gonna be getting in late. Relax, Coach. We all know you're gonna be partying, celebrating that Michigan win. That's it's exactly all good. What Take your day, Coach. You know this is his. It's new okay year. to be hungover today. Jim Harbaugh, by the way, he's gone. He's absolutely gone. Whether it's a win or a loss, uh, that much is true. Whether he goes to L.A. with the Chargers, if he goes to the Raiders, we'll see what's going on there. He's going somewhere. I do know that. It looks like Chicago's going to retain Eberflu, so that job's not going to be open. But very, very interested to see where Jim Harbaugh goes. And could he potentially, the same year the Niners, could the Niners win the Super Bowl and Harbaugh win the championship? Be kind of poetic, just saying. 888-957-9570 as you're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM and HD1 San Francisco, always live on the free Odyssey app. Download the Odyssey app and favorite 95.7 The Game for the best and most up-to-date sports coverage. And don't forget that you can also watch us every day on our YouTube and Twitch streams. Just log on and search 95.7 The Game. Be sure to like and subscribe to the channel while you are there. It's brought to you by First NorCal Credit Union, the smart choice for low auto home auto loan uh, rates, I should say, and super simple online application process.